Good afternoon and welcome to the Legal Eagle Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. Glad to be back after a couple weeks out because I've had some major hearings and stuff, uh, trials to deal with. And so I thought I'd take a break while I was doing those because it's kind of hard to prep a show and do a show at the same time getting ready to do serious cases, including a major jury trial. Uh, to call into the show today, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. My office is conveniently located at 904 South Missouri Avenue in Lakeland. That's directly behind the old Southside Dry Cleaners that's on South Florida Avenue. You cannot miss my office if you simply go behind their building, I'm directly behind it. The one side of my building and the parking lot butts up to the back side of the, the uh, dry cleaners. I thought today I would address a topic that I've kind of touched on with a different show, but I want to take it from a different perspective, and that's the practical aspects of the practice of law, of balancing representation with the business side of having a law office. Um, there's a popular quote that has been around for probably at least 150 years, maybe more at this point. Actually, it'd be more if it's actually correctly attributed to Abraham Lincoln, and that's that a lawyer's time and advice are his stock and trade. Now, today we wouldn't just say his, but his or her stock and trade. But the long and the short of it is, is that's really a, a very simplified but very true statement as to what a lawyer is for. Um, is their time and their ability or their advice is really what they're selling. And, and that is the essence of being a lawyer. Yes, there's knowledge that goes with it, uh, the ability to effectively carry over that knowledge. But generally speaking, their time and the amount of time they spend in a case as well as the type of advice they give you concerning that case and how they handle that case, that really is their stock and trade. And there is a balancing that has to occur between the representation of the clients and the business aspects of a law office. Um, clients are due the absolute best representation that their respective attorney can provide. Now, that being said, not all attorneys are equal. And I, I'm not trying to sit here and say so-and-so is bad and so-and-so is good. That's not my point. Some lawyers are better than others. Just like when we see in professional sports, say in football, uh, some court quarterbacks are better than others. Some running backs are better than others. They may all be professionals because they're all getting paid to do a job. But clearly somebody is going to be, or maybe a couple, are going to be better at least on any given Sunday, than others. And they get paid more because of that. You know, whoever's the leading rusher of a season is probably going to get a higher salary than the guy at the bottom of the totem pole. You know, the guy at the bottom of the totem pole is going to be the one that gets cut the next season or is going to be trade bait or is going to be releasable based on what that team can draft in. Those teams are looking to have the best possible people on the field in order to put on the best possible product for their fan base. And the reason they do that is, obviously, when they put those kind of products on the field, they sell more merchandise. They sell more tickets. Well, in the legal profession, there is a similar analogy to be made. 
Some lawyers are simply better than others. Some of it has to do with experience at times. Some of it is the innate ability of the lawyer. So, one lawyer may cost quite a bit more than another lawyer. And sometimes that is attributable to the ability and experience level of that lawyer. Not everybody can afford Lawyer A and may have to go to Lawyer B or Lawyer C. But they should get the best representation that those particular lawyers give. Um, and I, I know that it sounds terrible to have to say this, but a lot of people go, well, is that fair? Okay, fairness has absolutely nothing to do with this. Just like in, in professional sports. And, and lawyers are professionals. Doctors are professionals. They're all trained to do the function that they're trained to do, meaning that we've gone to law school, we've gone to undergrad. Most of us have been in courtrooms along the way that are doing courtroom practices. Uh, there are some people that have never been in a courtroom because they don't practice law that requires them to go into a courtroom. But whatever their area of expertise is, they should excel as best they can in those areas. But fairness has absolutely nothing to do uh, with the overall representation you get. You get what you feel comfortable with, who you feel comfortable with, and who can do the best job for you under the circumstances. Now, all lawyers in the state of Florida are regulated under the rules of the Florida Bar concerning professional conduct. In other words, we have to conduct ourselves within, within certain parameters that are so, set forth by the, bar, uh, the body that oversees all of us, which is the Florida Bar. I have to pay dues annually to the Florida Bar. I have to maintain certain CLE requirements, continuing legal education requirements. All of those things, and then I have to act within a, a professional code of conduct. If I don't, I can be censored for it. If I don't pay my annual dues... They will terminate or they will suspend my license. If I don't keep up with the CLE requirements, they will suspend my license. All of these are things we have to do as a minimum to be able to maintain what we do as attorneys as part of our ability to practice law. But fairness is not in the equation. If fairness was the equation, um, nobody would be able to get ahead. And we don't live in a utopia. If we did, legal representation would not be necessary. I'll go into more of this after the break. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM. Welcome back to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. I'm an attorney here in Lakeland. To call into the show, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863 863- Six eight eight two three eight nine. My office is conveniently located at 904 South Missouri Avenue in Lakeland. And making sure that I comply with the Florida Bar Board requirements on rules and saying things, yes, I am available at that office uh, during regular business hours unless I'm on vacation or something like that. But that is my location and practice of business. Back to what we've been talking about today, which is the practical aspects of the practice of law, which is balancing representation with business. Uh, lawyers are professionals. You may not like to think of it that way. We are. We're not used car salesmen, even though they're probably professionals in their business. We are lawyers. 
just like doctors are professionals, lawyers are professionals. We pay licensure fees. We have continuing education that we have to meet. Uh, we have rules and regulations we are bound by. Yes, we are a professional business. We are not babysitters. We are not 24-hour convenience stores. And uh, we are not available necessarily at a client's beck and call. I will tell you that today when I arrived at my office at about 8.30 this morning, I had every minute of my day booked all the way from the time I arrived until I left at about 4.30 to come down to this radio station to do this show today. And when I say booked, I'm talking about dedicated to some function associated with the office. Part of the morning I was working on this show as far as what was going to be on the show and what I was going to talk about. I also talked to several prosecutors dealing with cases that I have either later in the week or that are set for hearings next week. Uh, I talked to clients, uh, a, a couple of clients that I had to get a hold of this morning and was able to get in touch with to see where we were at with things on cases. I then had a court hearing at 1245 in Bartow, so I had to drive down to Bartow go through the front doors of the courthouse because they still haven't fixed it to where private counsel can go through the side doors that we used to go through, go up and do the hearing, and then come back to the office. I did take a five-minute drive through break to go through one of the fast food places to pick up a sandwich right quick so that I'd be able to keep going during the day. And then I drove back to the office and continued to work on things at the office solidly from about 2.15 this afternoon until 4, 4.30. I had three client conferences this afternoon that were already pre-scheduled that were part of that mix. Yes, I have a schedule. So if you just show up at my door and walk in, you are messing up my schedule. You are interfering with my work on somebody else's case. And that's not fair to the client that I had already dedicated that time frame to. It's very difficult for sometimes for clients to understand I have more than one case. If I only had one case, not only would I starve to death, my, my secretary would starve to death. Everything I have would go away because I couldn't afford to practice anymore. I have multiple cases, and the way that we're able to manage those things is to calendar items for us to be able to work on it. I say us, myself, and my secretary. If I don't have a calendaring system the entire thing comes unraveled. It doesn't work. So when clients interrupt that work schedule, and they may think they're perfectly justified because in their mind they have a crisis at the moment, that's why we have a telephone. Call in. If you don't get a live body, either myself or my secretary, leave a message. If you call and don't leave a message, my crystal ball is in the shop and it'll probably never get out. It's broken. I have no idea that you've called at that point. So you need to call, leave a message, and we will then determine whether we think it's an emergency or it's only an emergency that you think it is. We're able to be able to sort that out. As I've indicated before on other shows, it's kind of like a triage. We kind of figure out what's the biggest things we need to deal with first and work our way down. Somebody thinks that their broken foot is more uh, urgent than a heart surgery is wrong. It's urgent, but it's not as urgent. Your urgency may not be as big as somebody else's urgency that we're already dealing with. And so it becomes a real problem scheduling-wise 
Because not only am I losing the time that I'm actually talking to the person that just shows up that's interfering, but I'm losing that prep time that I've already put into what I was working on. In other words, I have to go back and get my mind reset into thinking about what I was working on before and find my place of where I was going with it next. That's extra time that's lost, not just the time that was lost dealing with the walk-in, but it's the extra time lost of starting up and shutting down again or starting over and shutting down again. A lot of people ask me why, and it's not just me, it's other attorneys that I've talked to on this issue. They've, they've brought it up to me. We are at an all-time strangeness on how clients want to behave and how they want to behave as it would relate to their case. And the just showing up seems to be a direct product of, of our advancement in society, so to speak. I call it a, I don't really want to call it an advancement because we're now uh, creating a society of people that think that they're, they are the only ones in the universe. They are the center of the universe. They are the ones that need to receive the treatment right now. So, you know, I'm working on somebody else's case. They come in. I believe the electronic age in general is a problem. Uh, we started off when we got, originally we had radios, but people listened to it. It was entertainment purpose. They'd gather around the radio back in the you know, 1920s and 30s, and they'd listen to news and whatever broadcast was, and they'd go to bed. We got into TV, uh, as one of my former teachers used to call it, the boob tube. And he was talking more about it creating idiots watching it than he was anything else. But uh, that was Lester Woods back in the day, and I still think of the man every, every so often at this point. You know, the TV generation was not a good thing necessarily. Then we end up in video games. And then worst of all now, the Internet, which is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 364, 65 days, depending on if it's leap year or not, a year. And it's always there. And what really is a problem is people have become accustomed to what we call instant gratification. They are in need of an answer, their own need of an answer right now. And they're so used to either turning on a television, turning on their computer, turning on a video game, and being instantly gratified in some way, shape, or form by that device. They think that applies to everything else in their life. They're used to being able to go down and get a gas, you know, gas at a gas station instantly. If the one particular station, uh, gas station's not open, they'll go to the next. Food. They can get food almost 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. There may be a few exceptions to that to the extent of certain holidays where most restaurants close down at least for a brief period of time. Shopping. We've had certain big box stores that now stay open 24-7, although some of them have curtailed a lot of that because of the COVID time frames, and they figured out they can make just as much money without having to do so. But it still relates back to instant gratification, the need for fulfillment when they want to do it. That does not apply to law offices, at least not in general. Now, you may hear some advertisements on TV where some of them will tell you, oh, we have somebody that will be available for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is generally only applicable in the personal injury field, meaning car accident fields. It is not necessarily applicable 
in the criminal defense, family law, or general practice areas of uh, the legal profession. There may be a few, but it's far and few between, and generally you're getting an answering service that, guess what? They're going to screen out the call before it goes to an attorney based on what the particular need is. But anyway, the instant gratification and the need to have answers is the problem. It's the right now generations, what I would call it. They want it right now. Uh, and I'm putting that in quotes for you, right now. That's not the way this works. Um, and, and a lot of times, the answer doesn't exist right then. Because the problem is when they just show up, they're only going to give you pieces of what you need to know to give them the entire answer. You're not getting the whole picture. And unfortunately, then you give advice based on the pieces as opposed to the entire picture. And that can be really bad advice. You may tell them to do the wrong thing. Uh, One of my least favorite issues that I have to deal with, and it's at initial consultations, it happens sometimes daily. If we have an initial consultation daily, it almost happens every time. And that is people wanting a final answer as to what's going to happen at that initial consultation. Well, okay, I can't give it to you. And anybody that tries to give you a final answer at the initial consultation is lying to you. They can't do it. If they do it, they are misrepresenting ultimately what could possibly happen in the case. And there's a reason why. They're only getting your version of the events. They're not reading the reports. They don't have the other side's version of events. It's impossible to give you a direct, complete answer as to what possibly or should happen on a case. There's just too much not known or too little information um, early on to be able to address those kinds of concerns. And another, I'm going to go back to the medical professional field because a lot of people seem to get it when they see that. Uh, you know, they see the medical TV programs. Well, one of the favorites I love to, to use for an analysis on that was the old program House, where he would sit around with his group and they would chat about symptoms that somebody would have. And they would try to bounce off of each other ideas as to what could be possibly causing the problem with the person in general. And I'm going to go into more of this after the break. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM. Welcome back to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. To call in, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-682. 688-2389. I am conveniently located at 904 South Missouri Avenue in Lakeland, and I am going to make a promise to you right now. I will never, ever sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, nor will I recite Humpty Dumpty or Itsy Bitsy Spider to you on this show. I promise you that. If I ever do, somebody have me committed, please, because that is so out of character and something that would never come out of my lips. And I just wanted to say that because the ad just came through during my show. I can't do that. It will not be something I do. Now, let's go back to the business aspects and to the professionalism aspects. My God, what an irony here. I'm actually talking about those things while that was just on the ads. But anyway, 
I was using the program House. Some of you may have used to watch it. You may not have. You might have watched Marcus Welby, MD. I don't know. That's another one where they're trying to figure out what's wrong with people. The people, they don't diagnose them when they come right in. They may have an initial diagnosis of what they think is going wrong and what they can do for them, but they end up doing tests and, and checking the people out and observing them to make sure. You know, somebody comes in with stomach pain to a doctor, it could be anything from gas or cancer. It could be anything in between. It's a lot of different things. So to sit there and ask a doctor for a prognosis that early on is ludicrous. The same thing is applicable to us as attorneys. When you come in, if you're asking me to give you a final definitive result right now because you need instant gratification to know you're in the wrong office, I'm not going to do it, and I refuse to do it. I've had people today even contact me. Well, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I know what the process is, and I know what process I'm going to do to get to the end result, but I am not going to promise you a result today. It doesn't happen. And the reason it doesn't happen is there are too many unknown factors at that point that I cannot address specifically to be able to give you an answer. It simply doesn't work that way. It's not professional to try to give somebody that kind of an opinion that early on. If I give any kind of an opinion as to where it's going to ultimately land or go, it's with the definitive caveat that all of that is subject to change once I find other information out. And I really don't even like doing it to begin with without having all of the information. And I tell people, once I've received all the police reports or once I've received all the pleadings from the other party if it's a civil-type issue, then I can give you a better answer of where we're headed with it and what we need to do, and I will ask more pointed questions directed towards the legal issues that I perceive from those items. But to try to give somebody an end result up front, absolutely not going to happen, and it's not fair to me, and it's not fair to the client. And if anybody ever says, I promised them something, that's an absolute lie. I won't. It doesn't happen. Now, here's where we get into the issues. This is a law office that I deal with. I am an attorney. It is a business. And just because you pay a lawyer, it doesn't mean you own the lawyer. Um, We have other clients, as I've indicated before, and if I didn't have other clients, I wouldn't be in business very long. Now, there are some people that they may only have one or two clients because they are representing multinational corporations. If I was the uh, corporate counsel for a Fortune 500 company, that's the only company I'm going to represent. But they're going to be paying me a lot of money to deal with all of their legal issues on a daily basis. That's not what I do. I represent local people as it would relate to criminal cases and family law cases, and occasionally I'll help out with something else. But generally speaking, those are the areas I deal with, which means I don't have one or two clients. At times, I may have 150 to 250 clients, and I'm allocating time. And if you don't like it, then I'm not your lawyer. If you want to pay me to be your only, for you to be my only client, you better open that checkbook up and write a big one because the overhead's out there that I've got to pay for one way or the other. And I'm going to make a certain amount of money one way or the other. So the long and the short of it is, is if we only have a few clients, we're not going to be in business very long unless they are very large clients. They can write a lot of checks. 
The attorney apportions the time on a case based on the complexity of the case and the fee charged based on that complexity. Uh, if the client starts exceeding the amount of the fee they've paid, they should expect that they're going to be billed accordingly. In other words, they're going to have to pay more money. I go into a case with clients and I tell them, look, I think I can get it done for this amount, but you're going to have to let me do my work on it. Stay out of the way. I'll do it, and then I'll keep with you as to what's going on with it. And once we've got it to a certain point, if you need me to do more with it, we'll deal with it. If that's the case, I'm going to try to keep it at the fee I tell you. If the client gets out of control, calling six and seven times a day, or even calling daily can be wrong because nothing new is necessarily occurring. We'll call you. But if you're calling six and seven times a day, you are effectively interrupting the progress that I can make on other clients' case. And at that point, you're going to get billed more money for my fees because you're occupying more of my time. Let's go back to the quote attributed to Abraham Lincoln. The time and advice of an attorney are the stock and trade. Now, again, it's attributed to him. There's nothing in writing anywhere where he actually put that down. But that advice is 100 and it's over 150. It's almost 160 years old at this point. It is an accurate statement. Clients that are challenging or are needy are probably going to pay more because of the time they consume. Well, people go, well, that's not fair. Okay, let's go back. I've already told you fairness has nothing to do with it. But if we want to talk about fairness, it's the fairness to the attorney and the fairness to the other clients of the attorney. So, yes, it becomes fair because if that client is going to start chewing up more time than should be needed to handle the case, they're going to pay more money. That's the business. It's just as simple as that. It's a business that's got to run one way or the other. And it can either run broken, where somebody's out of control and, and really dictating to an office what's got to be done, or it's going to be done in a professional environment where the person understands that they have to pay a certain amount of money to get a certain amount of work done. Circumstances can arise during a case where the representation changes that can also result in additional fees. Let me give you an example. Say I'm representing somebody on a DUI charge, and in three weeks they they get charged with a driving on a suspended license from where they went out and drove when they weren't supposed to because of the suspension that occurred on the arrest of the DUI. That doesn't mean I've adopted them for the rest of my life or theirs. They're going to owe me additional money to handle the driving on a suspended license charge. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. It was not part of the initial representation. Say there's a change in direction of the case based on unforeseen circumstances. We could have all kinds of things. I could be representing somebody and new charges get added to the case uh, that were not there to begin with that were out of the same facts and circumstances, but they're just new charges that complicate the case far greater than what was initially intended or thought based on the original charges. That's not my fault. It may not be the client's fault either. But it's an unforeseen circumstance that can cause uh, additional fees to be added to it. Say somebody needs to go out of state on an emergency basis, and they need me to file a motion for the with the court to authorize that travel. That is an unforeseen circumstance that I should not be penalized for as the attorney running a professional office. The person needing that motion 
uh, is the one that's responsible to pay for the additional fees for us to do the motion, the notice of hearing, the hearing, and the order out of it. Those are not things that I should be eating as the attorney in the form of time and circumstances associated with the case. So those are the kinds of unforeseen circumstances. And, and I could go through a list that would probably take up an hour in and of itself of different things that can cause an initial fee quote to change. So all that being said, you've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM, and I look forward to going into more stuff after the break. Welcome back to The Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. I'm an attorney here in Lakeland. To call into the show, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. I'm located at 904 South Missouri Avenue, which is directly behind the Old Southside Dry Cleaners. We've been talking about balancing the representation of clients with the business aspects. And I'm going to hit you right between the eyes now with the business aspect of it. I like to make a living. I've been doing this now for 35 years, right at 35 years anyway. Um, Private practitioners, and I'm not talking about government employees. I'm talking about people that are in private practice, people that represent people in court or represent even corporations. Those are still private practitioners. Have overhead. And for those of you who don't know what overhead is, I'm going to go through a small but very precise list that's not all inclusive. It just happens to be part of it. That includes employee wages, taxes, either a rent or mortgage because we have to have a place to operate out of, utilities. Uh, that can include electric. It can include water, but my water is included within my electric bill where I'm at. Uh, internet. Uh, we still have landlines. We do not use cell phones. Some attorneys will use a cell phone only as their phone uh, getting into their place, but they're still that's still an overhead. you got to pay for the cell phone. Uh, insurance. There's malpractice insurance. There's uh, liability insurance as it would relate to the business itself. You have vehicle. You have vehicle insurance, supplies. I mean, we have printers, paper. Uh, we have leases associated with um, copiers, Leases associated with cell phone, or not cell phone, but the landline phones. Uh, There's maintenance to deal with around the building. Gas. I I mean, that's not an all-inclusive list, but I just hit a bunch right quick. And you ought to be able to figure that out, that that is actually part of running any business, not just the law office. So when I quote a fee to somebody and they choke on it, they need to understand that there is a real issue uh, as it would relate to what I have to pay out every month. Yes, go ahead, caller. Hey, I just I just totally concur with your comment about the nurse, nursery rhyme commercials. Uh, just seems to be very elementary for a law firm to be doing commercials like that. And I just wanted to say I totally uh, agree with your statement. I who I appreciate you calling in, and I I was when I first heard it, I thought you've got to be kidding me. And then they've done other ones since then. There's like three different ones right now. And I I just, I don't want to comment on it anymore because I don't want to get myself or the radio station into any kind of problems out of it. But I will assert to you right now, I promise to you, I will never sit here and sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and I will not (laughs) recite the nursery rhymes 
of itsy bitsy little uh, spider and uh, hip, uh, Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> yeah, Humpty Dumpty. I, I just simply won't do it. Um, right. I'm going to try to sit here and provide to y'all weekly different things that I think are topical that people should listen to, and, and it might help them to understand how our overall system works. Hey, right on. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. It's nice to people that agree to me, or agree with me every once in a while. I don't ask for everybody to agree with me, but it is nice under certain circumstances for people to agree with it. Hey, we enjoy the show. Thank well, you. Thank you. So what I'm trying to get at when I tell you this is when I'm quoting a fee for somebody, I'm not walking out the door with every bit of that money in my pocket. That's not how this works. Uh, my secretary, Jenny, she loves to get a check every couple weeks. I mean, that's the way this is supposed to work. I, I part of the system that pays people that actually has an employee. I, I'm part of the system that pays a mortgage that pays rent, uh, that pays leases, that pays gas, that pays on a vehicle. I, I, yeah, I'm part of a system. All right. If I quit paying, then I don't have those things. I can't perform the service anymore for the clients. And so anybody that looks at me and goes, Oh, you're too high. Well, then no, I'm not too high. I may not be the attorney for that particular person. They may need to find somebody that's less expensive. Are they going to get any less representation? I'm not going to sit here and comment on that. I've already talked to you a lot of time, a lot about though, that you kind of get what you pay for on things. And a lot of it does deal with experience and time in the business. And it is something that people need to consider. If you can't afford me, I don't hold a grudge on that. I understand not everybody can. Just like some people don't want to get somebody that's just fresh out of law school, they do want somebody with experience. That is something that those folks are going to look for and that they're going to have to pay for. So it's a tough balancing act, but I'm going to make some money doing this. That's why I'm in business, and that's why I enjoy doing what I do. There are days when I don't enjoy what I'm doing, and that's when I'm having to put up with folks that don't seem to understand the rules. And so all of a sudden... When they've burned up that initial fee that they paid, and I look at them and go, you owe me another three grand, they look at me kind of cross-eyed. Well, yeah, you caused that. If you'd have done what I told you to do to begin with, your chances of exceeding that original retainer are about slim and none. I'm pretty good at estimating what it's going to take to do a case under a normal situation. But when we have abnormal clients or abnormal situations, things change, and the fee changes at that point. And people need to understand, as an attorney, now I, I got out quicker, but the underlying time period for education post-high school, and I do it as post-high school because we kind of do a benchmark on folks these days for education of whether they have a high school diploma or not. Post-high school, most lawyers are spending somewhere around seven years in school after high school. That includes undergrad and law school. Now, I did it in five and a half. I shouldn't be punished, though, for that. That should be something that I look to as saying, okay, I was able to accomplish all of this quicker. But generally speaking, most of them do a total of seven years. That's the average. That's going to put them at 25 years of age before they can even start practicing law, which means that's seven years of income they're still trying to have to make up on those folks that went straight into being work or straight into working right out of high school. And it also means that they've spent a lot of extra time to put themselves into a position of being a professional. That's a lot of ground to be made up economically. 
Um, I did some calculations once upon a time, and I'm going to give it kind of a brief synopsis at this point. But let's say it's $15 an hour, because that seems to be everybody's aspirational starting goal right now, even for people straight out of high school. $15 an hour is going to put you in roughly a $30,000 to $31,000 a year uh, job. Because at $15 an hour, a 40-hour week, that's $600 a week, 52 weeks, that's 31200 And everybody goes, oh, my God, that's a lot of math. It's not that hard, folks. And I, if I can do it, anybody can do it. That's $31,000 a year for seven years. That's $217,000 if I'm close on that. I'm within a few thousand dollars that those folks have made that presumptively the undergrad and a graduate student did not make. Now, potentially, while you're in undergrad and in law school, you may have worked some jobs part-time. Uh, they do not recommend, while you're in law school, working anything full-time. And they also do not recommend that you work part-time your first year of law school. They want you to dedicate all of your time and energy towards the school. But if we assume no work during that seven-year period, the law school graduate is starting out two hundred and fifteen to two hundred and twenty thousand dollars in the hole, in addition to any student loans that they may have had to take out to help pay for the undergraduate and law school degrees. That's it could be in excess of three hundred thousand dollars in the hole, even after you factor in some part-time employment. So anybody that thinks, oh, they're being overpaid, no. They haven't even come close to scratching the surface because it's going to take years for them to be able to make up that distance. You don't come right out of law school, generally speaking, normally, and start making $100,000 a year. It doesn't work that way. You have to work your way up the totem pole. Assume they start making it 50, and I'm, I'm throwing out a figure just to use it as an estimate. That means they're, for the next... 10 years going to make whatever they make over and above the 30. And that's assuming the other person's still locked in at 30. They may be making 50 or 60 themselves. It could take until almost the end of the lawyer's career, depending on what they practice and how much they make for them to be able to make up the distance that they lost in those early years. So yes, it's a business. I'm proud of the business I've done over the years. I look forward to retirement someday. It's not right now. It's a ways off yet, but I do look forward to it. Even in my retirement, I'll probably come back and play of counsel for a law firm somewhere locally here. And where, what off counsel means is I can show up when I feel like it and do, you know, kind of help them do some things. But the long and the short of it is we have families to provide for, just like everybody else. And I'm not going to apologize to anybody for what I pay, get paid or what I make and how I do it. It's the way I do it. If you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. And I know that sounds very nasty and very mean at this point, but I think I've earned it. And there is a difference between a business and a profession. In this case, we have a professional business. And I expect my clients, and I should understand, that I will do my very best for them. That's how I've built the clientele I have is based off word of mouth. I do very little advertising. And so as a result, I merely ask that they let me do the case the way it needs to be done and let me do it. Don't keep messing it up. It's amazing how many of them will create new problems during the course of the case 
and then think I'm supposed to do it for the original fee quote. And it's just not the way this works. It's like somebody that has an intestinal problem goes into a doctor. I tell them, okay, you got to eat such and such and such and such. And they go out and eat hot chicken wings instead. They've exacerbated the problem. It's going to cost more to fix it at that point. I hope this has been some sort of uh, somewhat educational as it would relate to balancing representation with business. It's been the Legal Eagle Show. My name is Tony Dodds, and you've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM, and I look forward to talking to you more next week.